0: All right, this is Hyperborean Radio, take one. Yes. (laughs) We've come to the conclusion after extensive um, looking into, what are those things called? The analytics. We are talking to the slightly over 50% of people that listen all the way through. For the other people, thank you for stopping in. And uh, yeah, hopefully you stay and we can have a full conversation. Let me see. What else have we got on the gambit that we have to talk about that we don't like talking about? Oh, we have a Patreon. Yes. And basically, money's good, and it will help us in so many ways with presentation, really. We'll be able to get better
1: equipment. We're able to get more of the Wilder Times out, more projects done, more stuff right. out for free, honestly.
0: Support support your favorite creators, which is us. Yes. If you don't believe me, just ask me and I will tell you again. Just back it up. Or your favorite show. We are you your favorite it. show. So, yeah, there's a few different ways that you can help us out. You can donate directly on Patreon. Um, yeah, or no, not on Patreon. That, you, you, we do have one, but you can PayPal. That's the one that you can direct uh, directly donate to at Hyperborean Radio Patreon. Dot Gmail. Do, uh, All the information's in our. You can link sign trees. up as a
1: patron at uh, five, ten, or twenty dollars. At twenty dollars, you start getting digital copies of any. Uh, Older times books we put out stuff like that.
0: Right at ten dollars, you can actually directly ask us to do research into various Hyperborean only deities.
1: Yeah, so don't include you know Krishna, Amaterasu, Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, just not our bag of tricks. We
0: we just won't do it. Uh, we'll pretend that you didn't ask. And then um, yeah, mostly our Patreon currently right now is just a notebook of loose ideas. And then the podcast goes up on there early. As soon as I get edited, I load it up to the Patreon for an early access because why not? But as, a, as the Patreon becomes more popular, we plan on doing more things because we will have more time and more more resources to work with. Yes. Um, what else? Oh, uh, buy, me, buy me a coffee, which is buying us a book for research materials and whatnot.
1: Yes, and if you'd like to find out more of our links and stuff like that, you can look up the wilder folk on uh, Linktree, and that's usually in the description as well.
0: Right, I think that covers all the mandatory stuff. We're going to try and stop in somewhere in the middle and do this again. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how things drop off and then jump back up because there's, that happens too. Thanks, guys, for trying to skip through the show. Uh, <laughs> we can see it. Uh, but today's topic is media well and actually on the uh oh and if we had a camera because we had more supporters you guys would have seen me point and wave my hand at the lorekeeper to emphasize for him to take off going that is something else that we're looking forward to is uh getting enough resources that we can get webcams yes
1: one thing that uh would be good to bring up is simply put Attention spans, because media, ha- media used to be a very long form. You had to pay attention. And I'm not talking about movies. I'm not talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm not talking about Shakespeare. I'm not talking about opera. I'm talking in the way back where Homer would just sit around a fire or walk around a fire reciting, you know, the Iliad.
0: Or dad. Or dad. Dad telling stories or grandpa telling stories uh, next to the, the fireplace well, during s- dinner.
1: Well, and some of them were really long. Because there's whole epics that some families would pass down. And then there's the other option, which is so short that uh,
0: blink and you miss it. Right. You might you might miss it if you aren't paying attention, which is, again, where attention span comes in. If you can't focus on what the other person is saying and doing, you're going to miss things. That's just simply what it is.
1: Well, and we've been discussing media and in the modern day, most people don't refer to television and movies as media. It's still under that category, but people, when they say, like, the mainstream media, they don't mean, you know, the Marvel
0: Universe. They don't mean... Right, what they mean is the news. Yes. Which is also a form of media.
1: Yes, and so are newspapers and magazines and things like that. And what sort of got us thinking about this topic more and more is that media and storytelling, which is what the primary form of media is is something that is extremely important to our people and it's actually how it affects our worldview which is why them taking over media gets us so angry not only are they telling stories incorrectly but they're telling stories to make us the villain and media has the power to warp reality because it warps people's perception it's like uh, you've actually talked to some uh old school african americans like they were alive during all these periods that they make a lot of woe is me films and they, they actually would come right out and tell you it wasn't like that. Yeah. It was actually pretty decent. They didn't have all these problems that people keep pretending they did. But as soon as that generation dies out and no one was listening to them anyway, the media becomes the reality. It's like how most a lot of people thought Heimdall was black or that Puck is the jester of the fairy
0: king. Quite basically, it's because stories matter.
1: Yes. They d- we're storytellers by our very nature. The more we manipulate our stories, the worse it becomes. And here's the thing is there's nothing wrong with stylistic flourish. For instance,
0: like there are people who or exaggeration.
1: Well, yeah, like some people could get kicked out of uh, or have left Europe because the church was treating them like crap. Sometimes like there's one guy that uh, said his family got kicked out of Europe because they were werewolves. And he found out that wasn't necessarily the case, but it was a great family legend for a while. And there's people that have actually been kicked out for that reason. So it's not that much of a stretch.
0: Right. Well, and exaggeration, for instance, or stylistic flourish, it's, it's fine so long as it's done to uplift to people. That's why stories are so important and particularly important to us is because we are storytellers. And because we're storytellers, that means that we're also story listeners. This is actually how most of our learning is done is through stories. Even math, to, to get our people to understand math as children, quite often stories are told. Bobby has two apples, and Mindy has no apples. But Bobby gives, gives shares his apples by dividing them in half with Mindy. How many apples does both Mindy and Bobby now have? It's, it's a storytelling mechanism to teach math we do this across the board we are storytellers that means that we're story listeners and stories are so important and this is a lot of why media is is it's dying it's being killed
1: well it's because there's no good stories and it's gotten to the point where we have to to an extent believe they're not just doing it for propaganda purposes they're doing it to destroy it
0: yeah yeah i mean really that's that's what it comes down to is Uh, At a certain point, it starts to seem like they're actually just trying to kill storytelling so that people will stop communicating, stop thinking, stop being inspired and just start doing what the fuck they're told.
1: Well, and it's also partly why I have pushed, especially in the pagan sphere, for oral storytelling to come back. Start telling the story. Don't read the stories verbatim. Learn them and don't twist them for modern things like uh, there's been some people on YouTube. Credit to them. They've done. There's been people that have tried to restart the sort of oral storytelling tradition from memory, but then they end up twisting it. Like uh, there was this one couple uh, of people who were doing stories from the Norse Eddas, and they twisted the tale of Fenrir to make Fenrir a bad guy. Oh, yes. Because actually in the story, there's nothing to indicate Fenrir is a bad guy. A threat, yes, but he actually is doing this to try and make friends he changed the dialogue between Tyr and Fenrir and all the other Mm -hmm. gods to make Fenrir a monster and Tyr hateful towards Fenrir. Yes, None of this is implied in the original story. In fact, it's partially implied that Tyr and Fenrir are friends. Well,
0: basically it's because he didn't do storytelling. Yes, That's what happened was they started off trying to do storytelling, but then they forgot to tell the story and started giving a message. Two different things. Two very different things. And that's like um, a lot of people get mad about the diversity quota thing that's going on in movies and TV shows everywhere and shouldn't have to go into explaining it. Everybody should know what I'm talking about. But there's a reason why they're doing that. There are people now that actually believe that there were black and Arabic and Chinese Vikings.
1: Well, I mean, they've been pushing this in actual films that up until like the right before we have basically written history white people were black and then we got blue eyes and then magically turned into white people there's actually been like stone age uh tv show depictions of the original scandinavians being black that magically turned into white people
0: right and that's why stories are so important immensely important and all stories are media it doesn't matter if it's in the form of a song a play a storybook a movie a tv show It doesn't matter, which brings us to another point that we wanted to bring up, which is the heart of the home.
1: Yes. And here's the thing is the hearth, the the hearth. Well, it's not even always the hearth. That's the thing. Now, Well, a hearth
0: doesn't doesn't necessarily mean the firebox of the house, but it It, it is the heart of the home.
1: Basically, historically, this is why, like Santa Claus comes through the chimney, why the chimney has some level of importance is because the chimney and by extension, the fireplace was the heart of the home. It's where people crowded around to hang out. It's where people cooked. It's where it's actually where people ate. Like, eating in like the dining room is a fairly recent thing that was mostly done by the rich.
0: And mostly on TV. Yes. Because think about it. A dining room. You have a special room just for dining. Especially what?
1: when space is at a premium. It's not something right. most people do. They
0: like to shame families for sitting in the living room eating together. This has actually been done for a very long time but to get back to the meaning of hearth hearth didn't necessarily mean, mean the, the firebox
1: fireplace. it actually meant the heart of the right because there's
0: really old descriptions of the hearth of the home and it might be the first room into the house and there's no fireplace in there it's just where everybody gathers sometimes it's the kitchen sometimes it's what we now call a living room but used to be called the sitting room could be in the hallway the hearth of the home Always just meant the heart of the home. Coincidentally, there was usually a hearth or a fireplace there, but it wasn't always that. Sometimes, it, also historically, uh, uh, what are those? The only word that's coming to mind is china cabinet, but the big cabinets where people put their their family doodads and heirlooms, and sometimes that was described as the hearth of the home because they put the heart. Of everyone on that cabinet or on that shelf or on that table.
1: Well, and because of the nature of media, because what would happen around the heart of the home is this world is where a lot of the stories would be told, because it's where people mm-hmm. would gather with the television and the radio, because it actually started more so
0: with the radio. It actually, yeah, because you
1: actually even have you can actually pinpoint, at least in America, when the heart of the home, the hearth, switches from the fireplace and the actions done around it to a more modern form of media, and that's the fireside chats Mm -hmm. with uh, FDR. Because by that point, everybody wanted to have a radio, everybody, and it even equates the radio to the fire. And then people started, instead of listening to grandma and grandpa tell stories, they started listening to the radio tell stories. Little Orphan Annie, uh, The Shadow. Yes. And then eventually it turns into the TV. And then as the TV grows and grows, the TV not only becomes the center of the home, the heart of the home, it takes over the role that was naturally given to the elders. Right. Your father, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, your older siblings sometimes. Right.
0: Well, and some people, well, it was during the time of the TV and or maybe the radio when the TV tray came about being. Before that, everyone ate at a dining room table. No, they didn't. They really most homes honestly didn't have a dining room table for one. They didn't have a dining room Two, the most people actually didn't have a big table like that. The cooking was done in the kitchen. This was done typically on the counter spaces and small tables kicked off to the side in the dining rooms or not in the dining room. Sorry in the living room or what used to be called the sitting room is called a sitting room because that's where people sat. People didn't live in that room. The living room came about in like the 1950s, 1940s, TV. When TV really took off, that became a living room because people were living in the living room. Before that, it was a sitting room. So there, there's there is some vocab for you. We decided vocab is very important. That's why i really emphasizing that, that part of it. But they had these small tray tables because most people, well, not most people now, at one time, people had great-great-grandmother's tray. Well, this was her serving tray. No, no. That was what she would sit on her lap when she was sitting down and eating. Almost everybody had one. Some people had little fold up tables that they would pull out. Some families had those. And or the little carry trails. You know what trays I'm talking about. I know do. yeah, Where it's got like the little sides on it and the fancy little handle. And they're perfect for sitting down in a chair and you sit it on your, sit it on your, your lap and you eat dinner while you're talking. That's what most people actually did. This idea of the family sitting at this dining table or the, the big kitchen table. No, 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 no. Most people didn't even have room for such a thing.
1: No, it's why like you'd have people eating on the patio or maybe taking their lunch, you know, when they're working out in the field and just eat in the
0: field. So the things that we do now that they're shaming us for, the falling apart of the family because they don't eat together in in the dining room at this large table with these fancy chairs. There's a lot of us now that don't have that because we don't have the space for it or we can't really afford the big fancy table. And if we do, we get it secondhand, thirdhand, something along those lines. And it's not that nobody had those either. Because some people clearly did. It wasn't just for the rich, but it was mostly for the rich to have a dining room, especially a dining room, a room dedicated to eating in, and a dining room table. That for sure was rich people. Kitchen tables, uh, that was a hit or miss kind of thing.
1: Well, and it was usually used to be able to actually cook something because you you might not have counters. Yes, it
0: was multifunctional. Because, yeah, so, some some houses didn't have counters in them. They used the table.
1: Well, and part of the reason that I want to emphasize what psychological role the television ended up taking over.
0: Well, it became father.
1: It became father. It became mother. It became grandmother. It became grandfather. It became the storyteller that people listened to. And we instinctively love storytelling. Right. It's how we convey our knowledge. It's why one of the reasons... Uh, well, one it's of how
0: the... we teach each other who we are and reveal who we are yes. inside.
1: So folklore used to... Actually does still mean one of its definitions is racial memory. It's because we pass things down in stories. It's why Hala, uh, Woden, all these other gods, they're still in the folklore.
0: Right, or um, I don't know. Who likes sitting in awkward silence? I don't know many people that enjoy that. So might even start a simple thing like this where you, the listener, me, and the lore keeper, we all sit down and have dinner. Then we're sitting in awkward silence with our trays upon our lap filled with food, kind of staring at our food and and are contemplating our belly buttons. And then suddenly I speak up and I say, hey, have I ever told you about the time that my uncle art? And then the story doesn't matter. But the idea is, is, we would tell stories. We still do this. Well, Who goes to a restaurant and just sits quiet?
1: Uh, most people don't tend to do that. It's it's pretty rare. It, you either usually go by yourself if that's the case.
0: You're sharing news of the day, sharing news of the week, uh, what you people, did last week, what you're planning on doing tomorrow.
1: They'll talk to the waitress if they don't have anybody. Right.
0: Tell each other stories like the crazy time that they went swimming with, with an eel and uh, a pig. It It, was an interesting day. Yes, it was a very interesting day. That's
1: basically what it is. It became the heart of the home and the storyteller. So it's the fireplace, the emotional center. The teacher. And the teacher all in one. And that's why it's able to rewrite how we think so easily. And it's been doing it for about three generations.
0: Yeah, all of three generations, potentially even longer.
1: Well, uh, it's going on four now with Gen Z because the boomers, most of them had. TV, at least from Mm -hmm. a developing age. Gen X
0: definitely did. Well, and if you but if you want to go to the radio now, we're going back to like the 1910s, 1920s
1: and even further back in some cases. Yeah, in
0: some cases, further back. than that. I'm trying to stay conservative with my estimates.
1: But effectively, for the last hundred years, they've been rewriting history by telling us curated stories. Yes. So instead of listening to grandma and grandpa. And then what did they do? Well, they turned all the folklore into, well, those are fairy tales,
0: fantasy stories. So it doesn't matter what we do. And some of them clearly are fantasy stories. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when the fantasy story is based off from ancient Europe, for instance, it's not ancient Europe, but it's clearly based off from ancient Europe. And then they make it super multicultural. There's a reason that that's done. It'd be like, I don't know. They don't. I've never seen anything like this, but a story based out of ancient Africa. And then they fill it full of Chinese, uh, South Americans, and uh, Hyperboreans.
1: Well, it is rewriting it for people because like the Angerboda being black, Mm -hmm. Angerbute, as I describe her, in the uh, God of War 5, the video game. What's effectively being done there, because there are people actually arguing that that is lore accurate, that in the mythology, Angerboda
0: is black. Yeah. And she's not. She's not. Don't worry about it.
1: No. But thing is, is as much as people don't want to admit it, most people are hobbits. And in a healthy society, there is literally nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with people who just live their lives, are trying to be comfortable, go to the pub, uh, shoot the shit and argue about whose pumpkin is bigger. Mm -hmm. There's not really anything inherently wrong with that. Now, you place that in an unhealthy society where the stories are instead of being about your culture and about how to live your life. But they become about how to be a good global citizen, how to listen to your betters, how to not actually do anything or solve any of your own problems. Let somebody else do them. How all the other races are great and magnificent, but we are we're simple and poor and silly.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing is a lot of people are aware of this part of it and it makes them angry. The reason that you're angry is because stories matter.
1: Well, we've talked about this before is for our people. The story is not the sacred thing because it's, the stories change. The stories will sometimes be picked apart and you can actually have three stories jammed into one and someone's trying to make something new. It's not the storyteller because all it takes for a storyteller to lose status is to do it a bad job once. Like think about directors, think about writers, uh, a bad book, one bad book, even if they had like six great ones before that, can ruin an author's career. Right. Uh, director, same thing. It's the storytelling, which is part of the reason modern media is so well, powerful. Well, and it's
0: not telling the story into an empty room. So it's actually that that transmission from the storyteller to the story listener, and that is where the storytelling takes place. Well, it's why... It's that in-between space.
1: Well, it's like theaters. People have actually pointed this out. Theaters have a bit of magic about them mm-hmm. because it's a collective experience of the story. So everybody... It's like... It's infectious. If there's a joke that doesn't really land with you, but everybody else is laughing, people, you'll start laughing too, just because the 50 other people laughing make the whole room laugh. It, it makes the whole thing more. It creates a group experience which has this, it's the same logic that actually gets used in churches. That's why they have people sing hymns together, Yeah, is it causes the, the synchronization of the heartbeat.
0: Right, well, yeah, uh, and of the mind, the, the thinking processes. So then how do we combat bad media bad storytelling and what is bad it's not only when it's nonsensical but when it's used to tear something apart and i don't mean necessarily deconstruction but to paint things in non-inspiring ways to break a people how do you combat that i'll let you give your your thing first i
1: was going to simply say the way to combat it is with good media it's pretty simple but it's actually really hard because a lot of people have forgotten how to tell stories mm-hmm. which is why i encourage people to start with oral storytelling and if you can do that you can actually start building from that you can write books you can write poetry you can start writing scripts and animating films and getting together with people to throw plays and even just murals murals are a kind of media we've been doing that since the freaking stone age
0: mm-hmm. well and there's another way these companies that are putting out say like the Lord of the Rings. I hope that's dead on arrival because everybody's complaining about it. And what I'm hoping for is people to be smart and never watch it. Don't turn it on. Don't turn it on just to see how much you hate it. Know that you're going to hate it and never turn it on.
1: It's pretty much the only
0: way. Boom, boom, boom. That one show on Netflix that got canceled, Cowboy Bebop. People saw what they was doing with it before they actually did it. People were complaining about it. Then... Nobody watched it except for the people that get paid to watch these things, like your YouTube critics or whatever. They're the ones that watched it and then told everybody about it and told everybody how much it sucked and nobody turned it on. Netflix noticed. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to do a second or a third season because I think it was signed for three seasons straight out the gate and they canceled the last two. I think so. Uh, for sure. The second season, it was, it was scheduled for at least two seasons minimum, but I think it was scheduled for three. I'm not sure. But either way, the audience killed the show before it even released. On the day that it opened, Netflix said that it canceled the second season.
1: And that should be a dead giveaway of how to defeat these things. And I think the two, both actually it's both of our solutions. Yes. Because you need to make the good media to replace the old. Because people will try to fill that vacuum with something.
0: Right. And I don't care if it's somebody on YouTube just telling stories like, there are some of these channels where the the dude will just set up a camera and he sits down in a chair. Usually, usually it's guys because ladies, you can't tell stories. Your stories suck. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but the guy just sets up a, a camera and sits there and just tells a story. There are YouTube channels like that. There's no reason that we can't do this for each other and do it with the intention of building, not building ourselves up, building up our people. Because that's where a lot of the people that are doing this are doing it wrong. They're building themselves up. And they're building themselves up by telling them stories that basically the wider world is good with them telling.
1: Well, some obvious examples of this in the past. Shakespeare. As much as I will give Shakespeare shit for some of the things he got wrong that have now been perpetuated, like Oberon, King of the Fairies. Correct. It's not actually a thing. But Shakespeare's plays continue to inspire to this day. But they inspired the English people.
0: The only reason why Oberon became the, the king of the Fae, it actually wasn't Shakespeare. Yes, Shakespeare said that, but it was because the other stories stopped being told.
1: Yes, people stopped telling the ones where Puck or someone else. So is only king
0: of the Shakespeare's story was presented. At the time, it w- wouldn't have been detrimental because people were still telling these other stories. That's where he got the Midsummer Night's Dream idea from is people were telling these stories. Oh, all yeah. Over that's the place. why the
1: Weird Sisters show up in Macbeth. It's why Hearn the Hunter gets referenced. Yeah, a these of were times. stories
0: that were being told by the regular people or variations on it. And all he did was, like most media, they gather the ideas from the world and then they put them together in a creative way. So Shakespeare didn't have to do this with the intention of, I'm going to destroy the Hyperborean people and, and fuck up their stories. No, all he intended to do was an entertaining story with the understanding that most people will know, in this case, Oberon, he's just kind of a, place, a placeholder. That's it. And the people would have understood at the time. However, once those other stories stopped being told, now it becomes the only story.
1: Same thing goes for uh, Wagner, Wagner's uh, operas. Mm -hmm. It inspired an immense amount of art and inspired an immense amount of culture. It got a lot of things wrong, but I give him points just for the sheer inspirational component. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is this can be done today. Like there are movies that like Lord of the Rings, the, the films, not the books, because let's be honest here. Most people who are super Lord of the Rings fans in the modern day even if they've read the books, they saw the movie first. That is most people.
0: Well, and let's let's be even further honest. Most of the people that say that they read the books didn't. They watched the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've caught a few people out on that. It's like, I don't care. Like I will admit freely, I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I have read The Hobbit, but I haven't read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that right now. And don't understand why you think it gets you points to pretend to have read a book.
0: Yeah. Uh, in the end, yeah. It's just... Them trying to build themselves up. That's what it is. They're not trying to build up the people. They're not trying to build up the story. They're not actually trying to share the story. What they're trying to do is make themselves seem super smart and special because and authoritative. Because, well, I read the book. Well, and what? P- part of it is, do
1: the stories have secret messaging? Kind of, but not in the way most people go about it. Like, people will talk about the esoteric meaning of Thor in a wedding dress in that one story. Whereas you and I just go straight to... It's a funny story. Yeah, it's a funny story. It's the most masculine god in a dress. He doesn't shapeshift. It is this massive burly guy with a strong man physique, a big,
0: huge red beard in a veil. Right. And they have on. access to magic to actually change his And that set of stories, they have access to magic that could physically change him. And he refuses. He's like, nope, right. I'm not doing uh, that. D- for whatever reason, in this story, they don't do that. So you end up with a big, strong man in a dress, trying to hide his beard behind a veil. Yes. What? Well, it's actually it's it's clearly meant it's, as a it, haha funny story. It's
1: a well, and it's um the scalds of old.
0: Well, and in that story too, he still ends up getting over, even though he loses, he's still victorious.
1: Oh, he gets his hammer back and he uh, beats everybody up. That's how, that's what happens. Is he shows up as Freya. And he eats a lot of food, and the Giants are really into this, like, I love a girl with a big appetite. (laughs) Right. And then he gets his hammer back, and just wails on all of them. Well, I thought that was...
0: I I might have two stories mixed up. I thought that was also the one where um, drinking... Different story. Oh, that's a different story. Okay. Either way. Either way. And forgive me. That's a specific set of stories. But, yeah, either way, it's a funny story. He's put in... A very a, and address um, why? Well, there's an esoteric meaning of, you know, the the inner feminine. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, haha, isn't this funny? Well, and then look at what he does throughout the story and how ridiculous everything is.
1: Well, it's that old old problem where everyone likes to pretend. We actually were talking about this. Basically, a lot of people throw our ancestors in one of two categories. They were either incredibly stupid, foolish people. Or they were so brilliant and they were all basically a bunch of magicians who knew the secret art the super
0: wizard people
1: yes and neither of these are the case our our ancestors were as smart if not arguably smarter than us but they still had their share of stupid people and mostly because people are encouraged to be stupid right now through media
0: uh what is it absorb
1: absorb me absorb and digest Information. Don't actually think about it. Yeah, thinking's hard.
0: Don't do that. There's even some some health uh, articles about that. That thinking is hard, and it can cause you to have strokes. And
1: thinking will make you sick. Yes, thinking don't will work,
0: kill you, especially men,
1: especially white men. This is actually something. Yeah, it was. Uh,
0: it's a real don't health don't work, news article don't work that came out.
1: out. Working out encourages extremism. Um,
0: well, and heart attacks.
1: Yes, they they've been spreading some rather insulting to people's intelligence yeah. stuff but the thing is is just like in the modern day where most entertainers who aren't specialized because comedians tend to just be comedians unless they're not and serious actors tend to be serious actors well and comedian they're, they're
0: both storytellers both actors and comedians yes because a comedian without a story is not funny
1: entertainers have always had to be multifaceted mm-hmm. like the old storytellers would have funny ones they would have short ones. They would have long ones. They would have stories that make you cry, and stories that put you to sleep, and stories that you yeah. Know, they had to have
0: the full gambit.
1: Like think about like uh, performer, like piano players or uh, street performers. Like here, play classical gas. Here, play moonlight uh, sonata. Just,
0: right. And storytelling is a skill. Don't think just because you can recite a story that you're a good storyteller. But don't think just because you can't recite a. a A story by rote doesn't mean that you're not a good storyteller both these are not true because i I promised i would come back to why women can't tell stories and storytelling is a skill like i've been teaching you since you got up here how to tell a story now see what women do when they tell a story they'll tell you a story about how they they went to the store with their mother yes everybody can immediately tell what's going to happen But rather than just telling the story about going to the store with their grandmother or with their mother, and they went to go get this thing and this absolutely ridiculous thing happened. And then they came home. No, no, they got to tell you how they saw this shirt that has nothing to do with the story. By the way, they saw this blouse, this wonderful blouse. And it was this this beautiful color of purple and the fabric, the fabric was, well, they would have got it, you know, except for uh, it came from China. And, And then what, what, tipped them off that came from China, and you know they don't like China because Chinese people are mean. And then, well, you know their food, their their food also, when you eat their food, and that's how women tell stories. Women, stop. And there
1: are exceptions, but I think In general, may- that's
0: how a woman tells a story.
1: Well, anyone who has a sister, a wife,
0: a mother... We love you, but your stories are absolutely horrible, and they meander off, and you'll sit there and listen for three freaking hours, and then you'll be like, But what happened to the store at the store or they'll go off for like three minutes about the shirt, for instance, and then China and then Chinese food and then get right back to the story. And then you're like, but what does Chinese food have to do with the story? Storytelling is a skill, unfortunately. Now, this is actually where it comes to matter in storytelling. Storytelling takes a lot of practice. It is a particular skill that can be developed. Some people will develop it to a higher skill level than others. Everybody should at least try. Kind of like singing. Even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, sing anyways.
1: Or uh, fighting. That's right. also something yeah. you should at least try to get good at.
0: Yeah. At least somewhat adequate so yeah. that you can teach somebody else how to do it better than yourself.
1: At the very least, learn how to swing a big stick.
0: Right. At the very least, learn how to swing a big stick. Baseball. Anyways. Now, I forgot where I was going with it. <laughs>
1: you were talking about a uh, woman's storytelling and stuff like
0: yes. that. Yes. And then storytelling is a skill. Oh, yes. And uh, the 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 danger of the feedback loop. You have people that don't know how to tell stories. They're telling stories on mass scale because it's going out. It used to be on um, radio, then on the TV and movie screens. But they don't actually know how to tell a story. Or even if they do, they're telling a bad story because they have to put these agenda points into it. Then on the other end of that, you got the person absorbing the story. They're absorbing a less than adequate story. So they learn to tell stories at that level. Then they start telling stories. And then they're, then they're hampered in the same way. And then you have the next generation which is absorbing these stories. They learn to tell stories only to that level because they're not not—they're also not taught how to think and tell stories for themselves. So then the quality of storytelling goes down and down and down until nobody knows how to tell a story. Well, and
1: it's what's happening now because the last few generations, like we brought up with what the television has become the hearth in the home. And mm-hmm. The hearth is spread out because there's a TV in little Tommy's room. There's a TV in Jessica's room. There's a TV in mommy and daddy's room, which in then the kitchen. in
0: turn makes it to where most houses don't have hearths.
1: No, they're places you eat, sleep, shit, and yeah, uh, they're just
0: places where you keep your stuff.
1: They're storage units with air conditioning. Yes,
0: and um, most homes now don't have hearths.
1: No, they don't. Even if you have a fireplace, you don't have a hearth because you're not putting any worth into the fireplace. Right. And what's effectively happening is you can actually see this with television. It's not meant to be reality. It's meant to reflect reality, which is why you can be kind of ridiculous. Like even shows that are kind of grounded like Cheers or... uh,
0: Very loosely grounded in, in reality.
1: Yes, but for ludicrous reasons. And then the generation raised on that because quite simply modern civilization is kind of surreal it's not tied to reality most people don't get a dose of reality their whole lives and then you go on to write with that as your baseline of reality so then you end up creating something like friends for instance which is like the next generation and that's still kind of grounded in reality but it's even more ridiculous now and then from there you get things like community which has absolute ridiculousness and it's still entertaining. It's still somewhat consistent, but it starts going downhill pretty quickly because it gets too far from any level. Well, of And then
0: you and, end up with things like today where you get a barely adequate show and people will gush over about how it's such a wonderful show. Like arcane for whatever reason, people absolutely love arcane. I get it. It's content. It is not great. It is not masterful. If you actually understand storytelling and you step back and look at Arcane, and I don't care what Shadiversity said about it. I don't care what The Critical Drinker said about it. I don't care what Hoony Boo Boo said about it. It is content. It only seems good in comparison to everything else that was around well, and it.
1: That is what's the biggest problem right now with media is media has gotten so bad the next generation can't even tell stories. It's so bad there are no storytellers in this entire generation. Like Gen Z, I'm sure there's a few exceptions. Like I'm an exception There's always to a an exception to a rule. But in general, most of Gen Z and younger, it's like they've lost the ability to tell stories.
0: Mm-hmm. And we need to start learning again how to tell stories.
1: Yes, the one. Po- and
0: not all stories have to be serious.
1: No, some of them can be funny, like Thor and a dress, which interestingly enough, while the academics and some of the pagans will try to make that story really, really esoteric. Mm-hmm. Every single time it's been made into a children's book or it's been made into a TV show or something like that. Mm-hmm. They play it up as a joke, yeah. like uh, they'll actually put out like a, bo- a children's book with uh, the addressed being torn on Thor because he's too big for the normal wedding dress. And it's like whether it's Thor
0: or just somebody else doing the exact same thing.
1: Yeah. And it's the, the tagline, this bride needs a shave. Yes. It's, it's obviously meant to be a joke story and it was probably popular for that exact reason. It's a joke story. And
0: and why is a joke story important? Laughter, laughter matters.
1: Well, there's even a uh, story with the dogda and the harp. I know you hate the harp. There's a story where, the Dogda goes and gets his musical instrument. And the Dogda plays three different tunes, and one of them makes the the Fomorians, that's the word I was looking for, Fomorians laugh, another one makes them cry, and the last one makes them fall asleep. These are things that most most bards would have in their back pocket. You need
0: one of each. Yeah, well, and basically, um, at least for the Celtic ones, and it's because this is actually written down, I'm pretty sure it applied across the freaking board a celtic bard was not considered a celtic bard if he couldn't run his audience through the full gambit of emotions and back to where they started and then leave them off better than where where they began so if they're mourning he needs to leave them laughing but what he needs to do is he starts off with mourning he works through all the various emotions back to mourning and then back to laughter so that they are in a better place than where they started well if everybody's not taking something serious and you need everybody to be serious, he does the same thing but ends in a serious place on a very serious note.
1: Well, and there's after effects, sort of echoes of that in the modern day. Mm -hmm. You have the songs
0: people listen to. Well, it almost sounds like I'm describing a full-on concert, doesn't it?
1: Yes, which is actually how concerts are supposed to run. It's one of the reasons why the way modern music is set up is absolutely asinine. Um, where uh, Where the singer or the performer their whole job is to just sing their latest album this is not how bards worked for the longest time like most folk songs even if a bard came up with one Mm -hmm. everyone could sing the song like that's that really crappy adaptation of the witcher with its bard character that comes up with songs that are really popular and Mm -hmm. starts spreading those songs would then be sung by anybody that knew them because oh this is popular with crowds i'll start singing this song
0: well and People will think of classical music, and they think classical music was an hour and a half long concerto. It's one single song, but it wasn't. It was a whole series of very short songs. Some might be six minutes long. Some of them might be a minute and a half long. Then along comes radio, right? Radio, most of the songs for the longest time was approximately a minute and a half long yeah they were really really short the three four five minute song that we're used to now was not the way that used to be it used to be like a minute and a half especially if it was comedic songs
1: well it's like movies uh play on that same thing as well where uh, a lot of them try to be about an hour and a half because mm-hmm. then they can get maximum play times in theaters and it didn't always used to be that way like there's it's sort of ebbed and flowed because like really early on movies fairly short and then they ended up being very, very long, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Mary right. Poppins, you know, basically. Some of you your first
0: movies were like 15 minutes long.
1: Yes. And then the, you get the longer ones and then they go back to shorter right. ones and then they go back to longer. ones. And then
0: there was a period of time where there was epics, where the shortest movie that you could watch was about approximately three to three and a half hours long. And the reason why they did this actually was for the theater experience, because theaters were big at the time. So then, our audience members they want an experience. They pay this much for the ticket; they deserve a full experience. So we won't play a three-hour-through movie. We're going to play an hour of the movie, and then we're going to take a twenty-minute break so that they can get up and they can get Some refreshments dinner. and they can go use the restroom. Well, twenty minutes to like forty-five minutes was actually the um, what are those things? intermissions, and then we'll do this at the two-hour mark. And then we'll have the third hour, the f- closing act, and they modeled it actually off from plays, first, second, third act. We still hear that today. They talk about the the construction of a movie. You have the first act where you introduce your, your character, the second act where you build up the suspense and the drama, and the third act where you conclude it. They literally broke these movies up, first, second, third act, for these... Um, like Spartacus, for instance, uh, those type of movies. Spartacus,
1: Gone with the Wind, Shitty yes. Chitty Bang Bang, Mary Poppins.
0: Well, Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, a little less so. Gone with the Wind, definitely so.
1: Yeah, is wasn't that still like with inflation the highest grossing film for the longest
0: time? I don't yes. even know
1: if it's actually been beat out by like Avatar and Titanic.
0: If you're looking raw at numbers it's been beat a long time ago but yes once you um count figure for in inflation. for inflation yes uh, I think so I'm not sure I'm not 100% certain I'm not that much of a movie buff.
1: Well what's funny to me is that people will give the movie shit because it uh the, a lot of the black characters are fairly kind to their their uh slave owners. That was actually real. That was a mm-hmm. thing. Like a lot of them didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. It, because they were treated for or uh,
0: died defending them.
1: Yeah. Some of them were treated fairly well. That's why. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's not what this podcast is about, yep. but it's history's not black and white, even when it, the care people in it are black or white. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the, the point is, is media is very important. And it comes in many different forms, whether it's a written book, a song that you listen to a movie that you watch, A program that you listen to we are media what we're doing right now is media you're listening we're speaking it's media but are we trying to tear people down or give you the tools to build yourselves up and that's really the only major thing that matters is what are we what we're doing are we trying to to give you the tools and or help build you up or are we trying to tear you down And that's really all that matters with any media. It doesn't matter if it's a book, a movie, a song. What is the message that's being sent? And is it building you up or tearing you down? And that's why it's so, media is so important. Storytelling, because it's all storytelling. Even a speech given by somebody, it's storytelling. And we instinctively know this, and this is why we get so upset when uh, they break canon, like Star Wars. I don't even really like Star Wars. Oh my, I think I just offended 15 people and they just stopped listening because I don't like Star Wars. But I will defend Star Wars canon because other people care about it. Well, it's even a religion at this point, literally. Yeah, and I, I don't defend the religion. <laughs> no, the religion's kind of but silly. But the canon of the stories, if I know the canon, yes, I, I try to defend that canon because there's are people that like those stories and those stories matter then.
1: It's partly the, we've talked about this before, the phenomenon of surrogate mythology, mm-hmm. is each of these franchises, like people, there are people that basically have Harry Potter as a religion, Lord of the Rings as a religion, the MCU as a religion, like altars with like Captain America's shield and whatnot. And this seems ridiculous, but basically what it is, is it's, and the Christians were using this as an argument for a while, these are just stories to live your life by. Mm-hmm. By that standard, any story set that helps you live your life is a valid religion, which yes. is partly why I think there's been this massive rise An in attack on
0: movement. media.
1: Yes, it's attacking competition, right? Because the uh, the media giants, just like they're the what I compared movie theaters to at one point, it was a religious experience at some point. That's effectively what they're doing. It's why Christians and other religions have always tried to break into media.
0: Our people, we've done this for a long time, not just our people, but other people as well. They Say say Captain America, for instance, since you brought him up. The stories of Captain America, and they know that there's some negative aspects that's always inserted into the stories and always has been. So what they do is they take the positives, they ignore the negatives, and then basically they elevate Captain America to this shiny example that they should try and in mimic while ignoring as much of the negatives as possible. This is not acceptable to the, the the overlords. So how do you get them to start doing that or to stop doing that? What you have to do is destroy it. You have to completely destroy Captain America to the point where nobody wants to watch or listen to or think about Captain America ever again.
1: Well, it's even been described as modern mythology, mm-hmm. a modern mythos. And... The way they're destroying it is much the same way that the desert religions coming into Europe destroy, tried to destroy paganism. Yes. You can still find remnants of it, but they're going to bury it under their own bullshit.
0: Yeah, they bury it under their own bullshit, and then what they can't get rid of, they stir up so much that you can't tell what's what anymore. Well,
1: yeah, because they're getting rid of stuff. Like, there have been statues removed that don't even make sense, like a statue of Walt Whitman with a butterfly. Yeah. What the heck is—how is that racist? He was an abolitionist.
0: And it's it's because what they're doing has nothing at all to do with race. It has nothing to do with what well, it is they, that they, they're claiming. It has nothing to do with diversity. It has nothing to do with equity. the old. Yeah, it is literally just erasing the old so it's easier to control the future.
1: Yes, if you have no past, you're a blank slate and you're easier to control. It's one of the reasons why, like during the riots in 2020, they attacked statues of deer.
0: Yeah, well, and then wrap your mind around this. While they're trying to destroy... All social media, YouTube, Twitter, uh, uh, Telegram, et cetera, et cetera. They're trying to grab a hold of that and then fuck it up so nobody will use it because then they won't communicate with each other. They're doing the same thing with YouTube and, and various TV and movie shows. What they're trying to do is take it all away so that nobody wants to participate in it. And then they will give it back, but completely under their control. But what they don't want is people talking to each other. So they have to keep distrust up high.
1: Well, distrust up high, discourage public gatherings, because Mm -hmm. I don't think people have noticed, but public gatherings have effectively stopped. Yes. Uh, People don't go to the bar to hang out. People don't go to the library to hang out. People don't go to the park. You can
0: go somewhere where there's a thousand people and nobody's talking to each other.
1: Yes. For example, let's take China as an example. China, you know, basically a nationalist socialist country at this point with how they're running things. They are replacing their mythos. Instead of you know taking pride in what China is, they're inventing a new China. Like you watch Chinese fantasy movies, they're weirdly not based on China.
0: As far as well, only in the very loosest sense. Like they'll have the dragon, but then they have the dragon be bad. And they don't Chinese uh, mythology. The dragon is actually the hero.
1: The dragon is their dragons are gods, and they're not called dragons. They're called longs. That that's the thing, people. Dragon. Comparing European dragons to uh, Asian dragons is
0: not accurate.
1: No, it's actually an effect of modern media, the Eastern dragons and the Western dragons. But these are completely different creatures with no similarities whatsoever. That's the thing is they're actually portraying things that are positive as negative and negative as positive. They're enforcing hierarchy. They're basically they're rewriting the Chinese identity for their own benefit.
0: And it's because they understand how important stories are. Here's the thing. They're even more important to us. Yes. Stories are, they're important to everybody. Every people on the planet has stories of some kind. But to us, they are even more important because they become part of our day-to-day. Our everyday life is a story.
1: Yes. The story of us, because that's the whole point with ethnic faith. It's the whole point of this podcast is the story of, of us and getting us to recognize that it exists and it never stopped and media modern media has convinced us of a lot of things that are not true they've also emboldened people in great ways but it's getting to the point where the negatives outweigh the good so so much
0: Mm -hmm. so really the the way that we combat it is to stop absorbing the bad stories if we know straight out the gate it's going to be detrimental let's roll with that word these stories are going to be detrimental. They're they're full of fuckery. Don't even watch it. Don't listen to it. Give it zero of your time. Because the reality is, is like with Netflix, had everybody watched Cowboy Bebop, there would be a season two. And then if everybody watched season two, just to bitch about it, there would be a season three. The reason that they stopped is because nobody gave it any time.
1: Well, it's like uh, on Netflix to use another show vikings valhalla with the white male Yarl that was a black female in the show mm-hmm. it got two se- extra seasons it's going to run for three unless it gets canceled after the second
0: and it's because yeah there's people that watched it and they loved it uh, they, they absorbed it as if it was historical fact because that's just what our people do we can't help it there's also a bunch of people that hate watched it and they watched it just to hate on it and talk about how horrible it is and how detrimental it is and how much they're twisting our history and how much. But the point is the the producer doesn't care. What they care is that you clicked on it.
1: And therein lies the rub, everybody. I don't personally understand how you can watch something just because you hate it. I never do that because to me it's pointless.
0: Well, to watch something with the express purpose of getting angry.
1: Well, it's fuel. It's because people want to be angry, so they make themselves angry. It's like uh, people will watch people they agree with so that they can get angry alongside the YouTube commentator. Oh,
0: you mean kind of like that one guy uh, screaming and he almost passed out screaming about common sense gun control and then everything on his on his list is actually federal law?
1: Yeah, it's just getting angry. Everybody's just getting angry because it's the only thing people want to feel anymore because everything else isn't.
0: Which brings us to something else I talk about all the time. The power of apathy. When media, the power that be, the tool of the government or the government is the tool of media, whichever way that you want to view it, they encourage you to get angry. Angry, angry. We're going to make a thing that you hate so that you watch this just to get angry. We're, we're going to make this thing to make you angry. It's okay to be Angry. I've even heard that that's a psychological thing that they've been putting out apathy bad, but it's OK to be angry. They want you angry. There's a reason that they want you angry. It's so that you can't think.
1: Yes. It's why they keep putting out stuff that sole purpose is to make people angry. And here's the thing is I've brought this up before. When you get into paganism, when you get into ethnic faith, when you get into this entire sort of situation, you need to actually start to examine yourself. You need to examine the stories you've already heard up to this point and what it may have programmed you like you have to start analyzing yourself and what have you experienced in real life and what opinions have you based off of stories and our people naturally have stories but they've been corrupted for so long that our entire view of reality our history our culture has been just tampered with so We all have to do this detoxing of what have we gotten from media that has warped our view and what do we actually see from reality. And this is a hard thing for people to do. So do that and then start watching, producing, telling people stories, telling people media that inspires them. Don't let yourself become absorbed in the quagmire of this garbage media whose only purpose is to tear you down. And with that, the Lorekeeper
0: is out. If you like what it is that we do, you appreciate what it is that we do, consider supporting us on Patreon, buying one of our shirts, uh, making a direct donation through Buy Me A Coffee or PayPal or whatever. And then I'm going to thank everybody that stayed all the way to the end and listened. So uh, you guys keep going. All is not lost. And we'll be back next week. So until then, stay strong.